Hello everybody, welcome back to Working Girl. I must apologise, I've not uploaded in two weeks just because I've been so busy, but we're gonna get onto that. But anyway, how is everybody? What's going on? Today the weather is not great, but it's okay. Rain is refreshing, right? But anyway, so I think we should have a new segment of the podcast. And really when you listen to podcasts, most of them have segments. At the same time, I don't know how long this segment will last because at some point it will just get a bit monotonous or I don't know. Basically, I wanted to take a second to just appreciate slash recognise slash acknowledge the different areas of the world that people are listening from. It is just insane to me and it might not be insane to other podcasts, but (laughs) to me, how has it gotten that far? And I mentioned it at the end of the last episode, a few countries that people were listening to the podcast from, and that was insane to me. So what happened was I was at my grandma's house And I was just looking at Spotify analytics because that's the easiest one personally for me to access. It comes up with a list of the top countries that your podcast is listened to in. Okay, so obviously United Kingdom was first. I can't remember what order they were in, but I've got a list of them. United Kingdom, okay, of course. United States, yeah, we knew that already, which is still crazy, but we knew that. Costa Rica, (laughs) what? Jeddah, Australia, Morocco. Spain, Germany, Italy, the Philippines, and Singapore. You're telling me that there's one person just sat in Singapore listening to my podcast. It just doesn't make sense to me. Obviously, as always, I appreciate it so much, but how have you found out about it? I just don't understand. I've not started promoting it anywhere, like, apart from my social media. At the same time, I kind of think there's been an issue somewhere. Surely someone's just forgotten to turn off the VPN and we we think they're in Germany, but they're actually in London. As the countries build up on the list, I will just give them a little shout out because I just think it's absolutely insane. And they deserve a shout out. Most of these countries, there's just one person listening in them. It's like I'm giving you a direct shout out if you're from Costa Rica. If you're from Italy, do you want to jump over to the UK? Just really quickly. Um, But anyway, no, I'm I'm obviously kidding. Well, I don't know. Anyway, right, moving on to today's actual episode. Apologies, there is no special guest again. But... Listen, everybody's schedule is so chock-a-block or just different. doesn't even have to be busy. Obviously, people have gone to uni or people are just doing their own thing. And then I've started work, which I will get on to. But, I, you know, I'm not making excuses, but I kind of am. To be fair, at the start of the podcast, when I announced it, and then also in episode one, I did say it was just for fun. So if I miss a couple of weeks, it's fine. It's totally fine but then also I would so much rather record an episode that I'm actually interested in what I'm talking about because if it's just waffle like I could waffle for days but I don't want you to listen to 25 minutes of just nothing but at least let it have some substance to it so like I said I've started work the week before the last I was in Birmingham if you if you listen to the last episode I did say I wasn't gonna say where the where the city was because I was scared of getting stalked it just sounds so stupid that that's actually what I'm scared of. But anyway, it's true. You just never know. So now I can tell you I was in Birmingham for the induction of our degree apprenticeship. And honestly, I'm not going to talk about it for ages, but I cannot describe how good it was. It's not like we were doing like revolutionary stuff whilst we were there. It's the people that made it so, so good. Oh, everyone's just so nice. And I think it was just refreshing to be around 
loads of new people. I have always loved getting to know new people because I just find it so interesting. Like everyone is so different, so, so different. It's kind of weird though, because everyone that was a degree apprentice was kind of similar in one way or another. Like it was weird. I can't put my finger on exactly what it was, but there was something similar about all of us. Everyone was obviously really, really different, but there was something similar. Everyone just got on so well and it's weird how you can bond with people so fast but then again <clears throat> we were together all day every day for five days straight and I keep saying that so basically they told us that we were going to be in the office nine to five like not doing office stuff but all the introductions and onboarding and stuff like that so they told us nine to five and that was what we were to prepare for but to me it was like an 8am to an 11pm day because you would go down for breakfast, obviously at like eight. You'd be socialising at breakfast, there'd be people there. So you basically have to be social from eight to 11. It's not like you're working, but that switched onness of talking to people and actively listening and engaging and stuff like that, it was from eight to 11. Don't know how many hours I was that I'm not working out. I could, no, no, I'm just not going to. But anyway, so then, yeah, so you'd go for breakfast, eight o'clock, go to work, work in quotation marks you'd come back to the hotel get changed go out for dinner and stay out till whatever time and I mentioned in the last episode that I was quite excited but like I mean scared because I'd be in a new city on Halloween that I'd like sit in bed and watch Halloween films with a takeaway or something maybe run a hot bath I was actually quite disappointed there was no bath no I'm joking obviously I didn't really I wouldn't have had time for a bath, what the hell? So my nights in never happened. I never had a night in. I couldn't have been happier though. It was honestly amazing. Coming back from Birmingham, it wasn't really sad, but it was kind of sad because you just, these people that you've bonded with, you're not going to see very often at all because they're all dotted around the country. You keep in contact, but it's not the same. Coming back from Birmingham, I started my placement the next Monday. If you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, I've never had a job. And I think there are some things that have really stood out to me that people potentially don't pick up on because they've had quite a few jobs. And most people I know my age have had at least one job. Um, The first thing that I've learned from work is you have to develop a fake laugh. And that's all I'm saying on that. And also the fact that I find my team very funny. Like, to kind of an embarrassing point where I literally will catch myself belly laughing at their jokes. I've never been good at fake laughing. I've never had the need to do it. Like, if I didn't find something funny, I just wouldn't laugh. Honestly, I would take that as a compliment. If you've known me and I've laughed at something you said, it's because I actually find you funny or what you said was funny. So, in a way, I'm really lucky that I find my team funny, I guess. I love my work so much and it's the team that makes or breaks it. I think people know that the, the people you work with really make or break it. And I just, like I said, I can't speak highly enough about them. I'm just really, really appreciative of the people that I work with. Right, next thing I've learnt from working is if you're Muslim or if you're religious, I think the earlier you introduce it to everyone, the better. So in the induction week, I did mention Islam a couple of times just so people knew that it was something that was quite important to me. Whether people picked up on it, I don't know. But obviously the way you carry yourself and the things that you do and don't do show as well. But then also when I started my placement, one of the first things I asked my placement manager was what arrangements could be made so that I could pray. 
And was that possible? Do you know what I mean? Like, was it something that I could do? I genuinely think it's so much easier to have that conversation at the start and introduce yourself as that person rather than a few months down the line. Of course, it's fine to do it that way because, you know, you might just suddenly want to start praying whilst you've been at a job. Like, obviously, that's completely fine. But I think it's just easier to introduce it from the start because then that's just what people expect of you and that people think it's normal for you and to be honest it was the same with sixth form like I started covering my hair at the start of year 12 I knew that that would be the easiest way to do it rather than starting halfway through the year it's a lot harder going back to praying I cannot explain how heartwarming it is to have a team like mine as soon as I said it to my placement manager she was like yes yes of course we'll figure something out and she wanted to know more about it like what times obviously we had to figure out what times it was she was like I'll make a sign for you we'll put it up on the door and she said that I could use the manager's office whenever I don't know I think you would be surprised at how welcoming people are nowadays I think people really push the fact that racism and prejudice is still very much a thing and I obviously I know it still is around but I just don't think it's nearly as much as people think it is or make out saying that I, I do feel very lucky that my team are like this honestly alhamdulillah I just feel like God has made it so easy for me to pray and I kind of don't have an excuse now <laughs> like I think the managers would be confused if I didn't go to pray and like ask them to leave or whatever then again they are very busy so I don't know maybe they wouldn't notice but anyway to conclude just try not to be scared to have those conversations with your managers or people that you work with and try to have them as early as possible and then to potential employers out there who might be listening, you guys might end up being in managerial positions or roles in the future. It means so much to just be accepting and kind in the way that my managers have been. If something is really important to someone, do your best to accommodate their needs. And it's indescribable how heartwarming it is. I can't, literally can't describe it. The last point if you have practices in your religion that you want to, you know, really make sure that they're a part of your day, ask your manager. I'm sure they will fit it in if they're nice. You know, I'm sorry if you have a bad manager and you don't get on, but, you know, that's not really my problem. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel mean saying that, but there's more good than bad in the world. I just think, I don't know, people really focus on the bad and it's so draining. Went off on a bit of a tangent there. Anyway, I was saying another thing that kind of relates to Islam is I've realised, and I love this so much, you meet the best people in the prayer rooms. Like, oh, I just noticed it. I love it in there. In the induction week, I met someone, obviously such a nice person. She was just so, so nice. More recently, I met two girls. But yeah, obviously that's quite specific to me. But I love it in there. And you just get a bit of downtime. And um, I think, you know, something that is really, really important is to just take time out of your day to have a few minutes and it's quite funny because at the induction we did this optional mindfulness thing in the morning and it started half an hour earlier oh my god than our work did so it was optional but obviously you were really kind of encouraged to go your first impression counts you know so I went for the first few days well first two days she was doing this slideshow and at the end of it you would do the mindfulness with her like she'd talk you through it so on one of the slides it literally said it's really recommended and you know science proves it's really good well I mean I don't know about the science bit but she was like you know four times a day just a couple of minutes out of day and I thought perhaps that's literally what we do 
and it's obligatory. It's so peaceful to just take those few minutes out of your day because it breaks the day into bits and you just kind of have a couple of minutes to stop away from your work. That was also a bit of a tangent, apologies. But anyway, another thing I've learned from work is that I am having to socialise with older people. <laughs> no offence. The fact of the matter is that I've only really had to socialise with people my age because of school and family and family friends. I obviously... I have socialised with odd people, parents and aunties and uncles and my friends' parents. It's so different when it's just like at work, there's a couple of people my age, literally two, but most are at least 10 years older. It's a different type of social skills that you have to have because these people are like your friends now. They're not just your friends' parents or your aunties or your uncles. It's like a different kind of relationship that you have to have with them. I didn't realise that that skill was something that I needed to fine tune. But it's really useful because obviously a lot of the people you meet are going to be older than you, especially in a working world, um, as a working girl. <laughs> anyway, okay, another thing I've realised that it's actually quite hard to adjust to is my replies can't be bad anymore. Oh, it's quite hard, like honestly, if you know me and we've had some sort of conversation on some sort of social media or iMessaging, my replies can be awful. But they obviously can't be anymore. Like, it is, I mean, that's all there is to it, really, isn't there? I just can't do it anymore. I can't leave. Like, I mean, I've never done it to my manager, but someone that I work with or someone that, like, on LinkedIn, undelivered for, like, a week, you just can't do it. Because they're so big on networking at HSBC. Like, there was so many things dedicating to talking about how to network and stuff like that. Because obviously it's not what you know, it's who you know, okay. But they are really big on, it's not just meeting someone and adding them on LinkedIn. Guys, by the way, I love LinkedIn. <laughs> I love LinkedIn so much. It's like, honestly amazing. I mean, to be honest, my love for it has kind of gone down a bit. I loved it at the start so much. It was so exciting. You see, like you connect with all these people that you know or that you've known and you just keep in contact through this app and it's really different to like Instagram or something like that because it's about work and I find that more interesting because you can see what people are actually doing with their lives like what careers are they going into their promotions what things they're doing on the side regarding work obviously on Instagram nobody's going to post about what their job is but going back to what I was saying you can't just add someone on LinkedIn or get their number and then that's it it's got to be a warm connection that's what they say so you've got to keep in contact with them. You can't just let them go. That is kind of what I've learned from work so far. I think that's it. Obviously, I've not talked about the actual stuff I've learned. Like the boring, not boring, not boring. <laughs> just like the actual working part. I Guys, I find my head job so interesting. I find it so, so interesting. Moving on, I still need a jingle. Like I actually need a jingle, it's not okay. One thing that I wanted to touch on was ethnic and gender equality in the workplace. <laughs> yeah okay big topic ish so many companies have a diversity quota in place whether it is illegal or not it can be a legal requirement i think i'm not sure also guys literally everything i say i'm telling you to fact check it because i've obviously done my research but i'm not guaranteeing that it's 100 percent true anyway a lot of companies do this optionally so that they can just say that they're doing it and have a better reputation as far as i'm aware hsbc does not do this but i could be wrong you know they've been nothing but amazing so far the actual definition of a quota we learned this in economics is 
a number, well, I mean, this isn't the economic definition, but it's basically a number that says how much or how many of something is allowed slash required. Essentially, it's when a company is hiring, in the context that I'm talking about, is when a company is hiring and they have to hire a certain number of brown people or a certain number of black people or a certain number of women to make them look more diverse and they usually do it for a better reputation. My issue with it is why does it actually have to be that? Surely you should just hire the most qualified and the most experienced. It's literally a you problem. If you're idiotic enough to just not give everyone the time of day, no matter what race or gender they are. I don't understand how there are people nowadays that really care about that sort of stuff. But if you are, like, genuinely, if you're looking at the gender or race of someone instead of their qualifications or experience or intelligence, I feel bad for you. Realistically, it's 2022. I mean, I said it roughly before, but I don't think racism is that high in the workplace anymore as much as people want to say that it is. And of course, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. Of course it does. But on the most part, people are very open-minded now especially our generation, our age. There isn't any need to have these checklists and quotas to fulfil, to make you look better. I can promise you that nobody wants a pity hire. Nobody wants to feel like they've not rightfully earned their position if they're just being hired because there's not enough brown people on the team and they need to look more diverse. Nobody wants to be that person. I'm obviously brown. I don't know if I've said this before. Surely I have. I am half Pakistani, half Indian. <laughs> Listen, am I really fully Pakistani though? I just don't know. Like, I feel like I am. Probably. No, I, I am technically half Pakistani, half Indian, but it's just a bit complicated. Um, but that's for another day. But going back to obviously the whole quota thing, it there comes a situation where there's a role to fill and it's between potentially a more qualified white person and then a slightly less qualified or experienced ethnic person. Is the company going to pick the ethnic, ethnic person because they are ethnic? It happens. It genuinely does happen. And realistically, it's bad for everyone when that happens because the ethnic person doesn't feel like they deserve it and the company now has a worker that is not as good for them. Like I said, it is something that does happen. I know that for a fact. It's not like I'm just talking about it for no reason. It does genuinely happen. And it makes me feel sick that it does. From a legal perspective, however, positive discrimination, which is when someone favours someone by treating them differently in a positive way. Okay, whatever. Anyway, positive discrimination is not permitted under the UK's Equality Act. So businesses can't choose a candidate for a role or a promotion simply because they are a woman or from an ethnic minority background, but it still happens, okay? So basically, an example that I found that is actually moving forward in this messed up quota rule is so messed up. I'm sorry, you're literally ticking people off on a tick list, but I get it. I get why companies would do it. They want to look more diverse. They need to keep up with their competition. And if their competition's really diverse and they're not, who, do you know what I mean? It, it makes sense, but it's just messed up. So an example, once again, fact check, <laughs> it might not be true. It is possibly not. It is. No, no, it is. So basically since 2003, I'm 2003, baby. Since 2003, the NFL has applied something called the Rooney rule. And this is named after Don Rooney. <laughs> Sorry. 
Dan Rooney, owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the chairman of the NFL's Workplace Diversity Committee. So this Rooney rule requires NFL teams to interview at least one black or ethnic minority candidate for head coaching and senior football operating opportunities that become available. But it's not compulsory to hire the candidate for any role. Is that not just so much smarter? So at the start of the 2006 season, the overall percentage of African-American coaches climbed to 22% up from the 6% prior to the rule being introduced. That's naturally happened. If you're just saying we need to interview more, that's fine. But if you're saying we need to hire more, it's just too forceful. I found a little quote. (laughs) I can't say quotes. There was this one guy. Wait, let me just say the quote and I'll say that. You're fixing a number, not changing the culture. It sounds so cringy, but it's true. It's not cringy, okay? But there was this one guy from our degree apprenticeship cohort that just came out with all of these quotes. Like, honestly, I don't know how many he had in his head, but it was just really funny. He had loads. Good quotes, though. Some of them I didn't really understand, but they were really good. I think that's it for today's episode. Thanks to everyone that's listening internationally. We are an international podcast now. That is insane. Please like know please what you do you follow the podcast rate it um share it obviously you people in costa rica and singapore and Jeddah, just what the hell I, I still can't believe it um share the podcast with your friends if you like it and if you think someone else could like it also please if you have any thoughts on anything i said and you want to have a conversation please just i don't know email me or dm me i'll put my instagram and email somewhere you can find it. Although I say this with caution because last time I said, if anyone had any questions about Islam, please feel free to ask. And lo and behold, someone did. And they literally said, what What was the question? It was like, what are your thoughts on Islamic eschatology? I was like, oh my God, what have I got myself into? But you know, I I ended up getting educated. So it's really interesting. I am really interested to hear what people think. And yeah, I get so such a diverse audience as well. So hopefully loads of different opinions makes it more interesting. Anyway, I will see you next time. Ciao. No, no. Are you being actually serious? Guys, I just can't believe it. Sorry, I just had to add this in. I've just looked at my hosting website and a couple more locations have been added to the list. Egypt, specifically Ismailia, the United Republic of Tanzania. Hold your horses. What's going on there? Palestine, the state of Palestine. Um, And yeah, I think that's it. So hello to you guys as well. Don't want to leave you out. I can't leave you guys out. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it so, so much. I can't explain how much I appreciate it. But yeah, see you next time.